Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitball and Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Keenan Bonner. No Sean Shoot this week, he's decided not to join us, so uh, it's his film, but he's wanting to make the effort, so uh, don't blame us if it doesn't go your way, Sean, okay? <laughs> this is Wildcard Week 2, the last matchup before we get stuck into the second round. The two films we'll be tackling this week are 2010's Hot Tub Time Machine up against 2013's 21 and Over. How is everyone doing today? As if yeah. I haven't spoken to you a couple of minutes ago. No, good, <laughs> good, good, mate, overall. Other than being to stood up today, it's all good. <laughs> hey, CK, you got up to in your own time. <laughs> so, Hot Tub Time Machine, Keenan, was your pick for the wild card. Yep. 21 and over was Sean's. And this is basically to fight for the right to be in contention to enter the bracket. So uh, whoever wins this week goes on a poll with South Park Movie. The winner of that goes up against Scary Movie, we've decided. So there we go. Hot Tub Time Machine, then. A malfunctioned time machine at a ski resort takes a man back to 1986 with his two friends and nephew where they must relive a fateful night and not change anything to make sure the nephew is born. <laughs> Would that have been sold to you with that uh, synopsis there? I don't think so. <laughs> You're thinking how much drugs have they taken? <laughs> I guess the title is as much of a synopsis as you need for this. That's truly what reels you in, is the title. <laughs> it is actually why I watched it. Yeah, I, I think I that's remember. the reason most people watched it. I watched it after it had come out on... I remember watching it on, like, years ago on Sky Cinema and back in the day, and it was just Hot Tub Time Machine. Press the info button on the TV and it came up genre comedy. I was like, right, that'll do. Watched it, loved it. <laughs> I watched this um, on my study leave when we were doing our GCSEs or around the same time, I imagine. So, uh, yeah, I did it then. One of the rare moments when there wasn't a World Cup fixture on, so... As a cool person might have done back then, I used to watch all these films and put a review as my Facebook status as to uh, <laughs> are they whether still people watch, should are watch they still them widely or not. available. Um, well, usually I kind of cheat. So when I have the memories thing come up on Facebook, if it's something I don't want to see again, then I do delete it. Such a Pathetic, aren't you? Sam Boyer, come on. Things you don't need to see again. Some of them some football substance. arguments. Some of them football Imagine arguments. Imagine if the Hot Tub Time Machine review was still there, and you could you could post that for the pod. Yeah, I could, but Facebook's awful, so you can't just like search for a keyword. So I would have to scroll all the way back to 2010. Yeah, and then have a look through. Your opinion's probably not worth that, to be honest. <laughs> well, I did have a review actually come out uh, recently for The Wolfman, which I obviously watched around the same time. <laughs> Wasn't a great review. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> TK, when did you watch this for the first time? Uh, I don't think I watched it immediately when it came out. I think I was a couple of years late to it. Just randomly 
might have been a DVD job, to be honest. Look, if this does well, then we'll have a chance to talk about the sequel in the second round. But if not, then uh, we'll see how that goes. Keenan, just so you're aware, you have muted yourself. I don't know if something's going on there or if you didn't know. Anyway, no, critic, I, I critics' reviews. What 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 are you expecting for Hot Tub Time Machine, critics-wise? <laughs> I'm thinking brutal. If previous weeks were anything to go by, this, this should be brutal. I'll tell this you. This is going to be one of them. Could I, I was going to say, this is going to be one of them where the, the critics just aren't for it, are they? Just it'll be... It's not, they're not less, really that type of thing. They're less kind to 21 and over, if that helps at all. So here we go. Well played, Hot Tub Time Machine. Well played. You defied expectations in a good way and managed to evolve from potentially silly concept to fairly funny film. <laughs> this base and brawny raunch fest blatantly pitches itself as the hangover goes back to the future and does not budge from this position until its half-cocked mission is fully completed. Hot Tub Time Machine is more than just a chance to poke fun at the decade of excess. There is actually a sweet-natured message about friendship buried deeper than a film that isn't afraid to push its R rating as far as possible. An irreverent, guilty-pleasure frat boy comedy, it blows a big fat raspberry at sci-fi fans and tells them to stick their flux capacitors where the sun don't shine. <laughs> You might not fall out your seat laughing, but this film is consistently enjoyable from start to the very clever and amusing finish, and with its brisk 93 minutes, it's worth taking a dip in this tub. That's, that's a good review. What Hot Tub Time Machine critically lacks is any sense of wit in its humour. Vomit, urination, male nudity and gay panic jokes take up a large amount of the film's time. <laughs> gay panic jokes is a term I didn't think I'd see. <laughs> Those drawn in by the name will surely get exactly what they expected, and then some. And quite a nice one to end on. Hot Tub Time Machine is rough around the edges, but it offers its closure on a decade of great comedy, from the very, from the very silly Anchorman to the deathly serious funny people, in which childish men are forced to grow the hell up. <laughs> end of an era. So it's the critics kind of, for once, took it at face value rather than judging it for something that it's not. Yeah, I am surprised. I thought this was going to be another one where they, they've got a very serious critic just be, like taking it, trying to treat it as a drama when uh, and an intelligent an intelligent film when it's just not. It's just, well, it's just good fun. I guess in, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but in the categories we were going to originality, and you can tell that despite being a parody of the times that this is original because usually for a film like this, they'll find one comparison to another film and every review will be ripping it off. So for it to not be, this is American Pie because it's got the yeah. kid in it or it's got this kind of humor or this is liar liar because there's some slap, slap slapstick humor in it or no, I know. It's, no, it's not. It, and I actually think, regardless of whether you like the film or not, it it's a, it creates a better review. It's a more rounded opinion because you are, if you're not, if you're not just comparing it to something else and you're taking it on face value, 
it's more of your opinion rather than just trying to shoe on in quite often let's be honest with some of the reviews we've read you're just a shit comparison yeah i also yeah. think yeah this one is hard to dislike and mm, I, I can understand not understand because I, I like it but i can see some people watching kind of eh, it wasn't great but I, I was all right for the 90 minutes i don't think you can come out of that like you could come out of what sean the sex drive for example you could yeah. maybe see, well, you can see how we can come out of that. Like, geez, what the hell was that? About? I've just watched. <laughs> I hated every second of that. This, there isn't really much to hate. You've also got a very likable cast, so I think that helps, doesn't it? Massively, I think the characters in there are likable. Because I think the only people who would just like, maybe people are just going to say like the ridiculous nature of it, but that is kind of where the comedy lies. So yeah, if you're kind of taking that too seriously, it's probably not for you anyway. I don't know if this is harsh on them, but the collector of actors as well, John Cusack aside, are essentially guys you've seen before and was like, oh, I liked him in that. And so you kind of do have some little affiliation to the cast because you've seen them pop up in so many different things before and then you're kind of just getting an extended look at them now rather than Craig Robinson's little scenes in Pineapple Express or Knocked Up or whatever. And you actually get a full 90 minutes of him this time to enjoy so on to the trivia. So in an interview, John Cusack stated that he made his decision to join the cast of this film almost entirely based off the title. <laughs> so there you go. Are you going to it as well? The sex scene in the tub with Craig Robinson was Jessica Pare's idea since her character was only in the movie for one scene and she agreed to be nude on the film. She explained this in an interview by saying, I think tits can be funny. <laughs> She also said this scene was one of the most entertaining things she's ever done. She she went on to do over 50 episodes of Mad Men, and she said still the only thing she's recognised for is being that girl from Hot Tub Time Machine. Is it? <laughs> she knows what people are seeing when they see her there as well, because they're not just picturing her face. <laughs> what an absolute trooper. So... I know in America they do those um, like red band trailers where they'll put it on like Adult Swim and that kind of thing, where it's like a little 30-second kind of like a playful one that they release at the last minute to try and draw in those people that kind of on their sofa at 11 o'clock at night and kind of thinking, oh, maybe I'll go do that tomorrow. And there's a scene where they kind of explain the film and it's literally just her in the tub just bouncing up and down. <laughs> and then they kind of pitch the film to you over the top of that. And they say that that probably did bring in a huge number of viewers who were like, oh, that's in that film. All right, I'll go get me a ticket. <laughs> so she Shameless. did her job well. <laughs> it's a unique selling point. I'll give it that. <laughs> Anyways, I, I said in our chat, didn't I, that people say about Lomachenko and they say that he, there's the difference between a world-class and elite. Mm-hmm. She is elite in that film. <laughs> Screenwriters Sean Anders and John Morris, most notable for Sex Drive, were originally slated to direct until they were replaced by Steve Pink, a personal friend of John Cusack. There you go. And it, I, I don't know if I'm making a mistake here or not. So it says ship to theatres under the title Bulldogs. And you see this a lot in the trivia. Is this the, that was a genuine name they were having for the film or do they not call it what it is while they're shipping it out to the cinemas? I don't the know. Bulldog seems a strange name. 
from Hot Tub Time Machine to Bulldogs, it seems like there's a pretty obvious choice there. Yeah. I don't even know. It has no relevance. That's what I was going to say. Am I missing something with that? <laughs> so that's I what saw... I'm thinking. It are they thinking there's some like Russian spies there? So they <laughs> ship it under a different name in case people are looking. You give us if... the Hot Tub Time Machine film. If Lou was given a, a Wolfpack-esque speech where he refers to him as the Bulldog, yeah. maybe, but there's just no there's no relevance. I mean, I think it would have been great if they called it The Violator, but I don't <laughs> think you attract a very different audience, and I don't think that's one you want. <laughs> if we if we go on to the categories, as we always do, so, I mean, rewatchability, I'd say this is about as rewatchable as it gets, would you not? Yep. Yeah, most definitely. I said I was almost slightly annoyed because I watched both these films we're doing today fairly recently and it didn't feel like that when I watched Hot Tub Time Machine again. Um, From the second he's in the car singing Home Sweet Home, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out out to be quite sad. (laughs) The reason he's in the car singing Home Sweet Home. Yeah, yeah. Even better, the... um, the toss of the drumstick, the imaginary yeah. drumstick that he does, <laughs> completes the scene as well. <laughs> he's uh, he's very much on beat with a car pedal as well. Give him his credit. <laughs> yeah, um, I was on board with that. And you can have a little sing-along because they haven't done anything to the song. They've just given you a good little clip there for you to get involved in. Yeah. I did send you an extract, actually, of uh, me singing along to get you hyped up for the film. I know. Did he get you hyped up for the film? It did not. We'll crop that so it, you just say it did. <laughs> I actually, not for any, not even as an insight, it just didn't. I actually really did enjoy the one minute and five seconds of you singing Home Sweet Home <laughs> to the fact that I listened to it when you sent it to me and then re-listened to it when you sent it into our group <laughs> chat as well. <laughs> I enjoyed listening to myself back, so there we go. There we go. Um, Quotes, this is particularly quotable even with even without being able to see uh, what's in front of you when I was ahead of time doing my art attack here's one I made earlier so, so you're squeaking one out there Keenan I don't know what you're up to <laughs> no I don't know Hot Tub Time Machine got, got you going <laughs> but the, the, the clip I've had in, in my head since is uh, Jacob in the car when he's texting that uh, Lou looks like Stewie <laughs> from a family guy. <laughs> he says, for your information, I've had a lot of girlfriends, hot ones. <laughs> You've had a lot of boyfriends, gay ones. You're better off. Take my word for it. Look at me. You know, fuck wives, man. Fuck kids. Lock it down or they will take everything from you. Okay? Lock it fucking. God damn it. Who the fuck are you texting with? a friend of mine male or fucking female for your information i've had a lot of girlfriends hot ones you have had lots of boyfriends gay ones (laughs) 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 i don't know what that review was meant when they said it didn't have any wit in this film (laughs) well they called it what was it Gay panic jokes. In panic mm. jokes. <laughs> uh, great white buffalo is a quote. Is one that survived. And I can think of two people, two separate people that I that between us we still say that to each other now. <laughs> and like we all, all instantly know it means one is my boss at work and one is gothic. <laughs> at the end, where he says, "Here's a question: Is it morally wrong for me to exploit my knowledge of the future for personal financial gain? Perhaps." <laughs> 
Here's another question. Do I give a fuck? <laughs> um, I do I do know I do sort of know where the gay panic joke comes from I mean he does he does say in the film God relax it's like you haven't seen a little cum on your friend's face before <laughs> um, I, I did the energy drinks called Chernobyl that was one that <laughs> made me laugh in there as well <laughs> nice how to scared see. they are all they all are even one the scene that I said before where he says about uh, your boyfriend, when Lou just approaches a car, <laughs> he just says, uh, what the fuck's he doing here? <laughs> Ruin my weekend. <laughs> you probably yeah. have all had that before when someone extra's been invited along and you're like, for God's sake, <laughs> what are they here? Can we give it, can we give it the full, the full quotes? It's fantastic. Nice to see you in his voice. It was nice yeah, to see nice you. Nice to see you too, Lou. Fuck you, Jacob. You're sucking your nose at you. It's ruined my fucking weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You're sucking your nose. It's so, so good. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, I, I saw an interview with Clark Duke ahead of the second one where they say, obviously, the first one was so great looking back at the 80s and all of this. What was it that made you come back for the sequel? And he was like, I just liked having fun with uh, Cordry and Robinson. That was basically <laughs> what got me back here, just the amount of fun I had doing this. And you can see, and he does it in Sex Drive as well, where you don't know if it's his character or if it's just him. But he does like smirk away when even he's being insulted, and he's smirking there at the time like he's about to laugh. I was going to say, I think there's a couple in there where they just left it in, where he's obviously going to smirk, and then it's fuck it, we'll roll with it. <laughs> there's so many quotes in this film that I adore. Just, like, just having a look at my list. Uh, I do like when he's talking about the, the bellhop at the hotel and he's like, why? Because he can't. He, he's devoid of common courtesy because he can't fucking start around with <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. When they talk about Lou in the hospital, um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite long, but I mean, what, what, why would he do this? I mean, he's like, well, let's make a list. He's an alcoholic. He's divorced. He's right back up for that Jamaican guy. job ass money hustle he's ever tried. Yeah, he's amount of debt. He hates his mother. He hates himself. He hates everybody. He has erectile dysfunction. He's got halitosis. He's got that front ball. Huh? He's got one of his balls. He's like shriveled up. Oh, yeah. Like a spoiled grape. Wasn't it that cornerback on the Bears? Had his ball crushed on the field, right? Yeah. Yeah. First alive. 82. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came back from that, though. Strong as ever. Fuck yeah. No. It's just like an accumulation of punishment. Fuck you guys! Hey, oh, there he is. Hey, I can fucking hear everything you're saying, all right? He says it's just like an accumulation of punishment. <laughs> I'll tell you, I know how he feels there with uh, listening more people are slagging him off because I had a similar experience when we were in uh, Milan with TK being one of those people. Oh, just absolutely rifling you. <laughs> In all yeah. fairness, we did think you were awake as well. So it wasn't like we thought, we'll say it whilst he's asleep. We did think, hopefully, this doesn't worse. wake him up. Say it while I'm asleep. <laughs> oh, what, sure so you I want us to say it behind your back? You prefer it? Yeah, probably, yeah. Say it whilst you look him in the eye. Say it with chest, too, okay, if you're going to do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we did. We needed to wake him up. For a start. Uh-huh. No. 
accusing me of snoring for a start, if you can I was, believe that. I was going to say, I, I don't think we said anything that was yeah. particularly outrageous. <laughs> I'd been woken up when I was trying to have a nice snooze. Yeah, you'd only got, what, six hours in at that stage? <laughs> I need my eight. <laughs> Nick, uh, excuse me, miss, what colour is Michael Jackson? That killed says me. black and he screams. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing of them finding out, that, that being the way of ascertaining where they were was just so, so good. It's quite a smart thing in the moment, to be fair. I don't think I'd have thought of that. <laughs> no. Uh, Jacob saying, do you remember when I was referring to Lou? And he says, do you remember when I was 12 and he tried to bite me? <laughs> 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 what a hero. It's called male bonding, okay? Haven't you ever seen Wild Hogs? <laughs> when uh, Lou's down on his knees, he's like, oh, wow, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's like Gary Coleman's fucking forearm. It's so black, so impossibly black. Oh God, I love you, buddy. I said, start sucking, Gaylord. Yes, suck. What they say? Suck, 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 suck. suck. Who are you people? God, who are you people? Let's get on with this. My fondue's getting cold. Jump on that hog, man. Gary Coleman's fucking forearm. Oh, it's so black. It's so impossibly black. Oh, gosh. I love you, buddy. Don't say that! I'm sorry, I do. I think that might well be the quote of the movie. It just so good. When he's says, uh, don't say that, and he's like, I'm sorry, I do. They reminded me of, uh, there's an episode of Peep Show where they're stuck between the flat and um, the outside, and Jeremy asked Mark, he says, if the bad guys came and they said the only way for us to escape was for you to have sex with me, would you do it? And he says, if you didn't enjoy it. And he said, oh, so, so you'd be okay to rape me, but <laughs> not okay to have sex with me, and it is similar. Because Nick clearly doesn't want him to be enjoying that. No, it's it's, it's not. It is, it is funny though. It, it's up there with the best scenes in the film. To be fair, it's when he wakes <laughs> up and he says, "Obviously, look, have you never seen come on your friend's Facebook?" And he's like, "What happened?" And he's like, "No, I'm joking." It's hand sanitizer. We went down. He's a really cool guy. I gave him some tips, and he's going to make a fuckload of money. <laughs> it's the whole thing, like the gathering of people chanting, "Suck, suck, suck." <laughs> <laughs> Every everything about it. It's one of those scenes where you you kind of uh, start laughing and then you you carry on sniggering as each as each little bit kind of amps up, right until obviously uh, he passes out. I uh, I also like uh, just going through the quotes. The carbon you made twenty years ago about me sucking cocks and dicks. It's not there. Wait, is cock <laughs> still there? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, it's not there. What about dicks? Neither cocks nor dicks nor sucks. <laughs> When they what take the guy it? with the one arm and, they go, and he's like, are you raping me? And he stops like, hold on, are we raping him? <laughs> <laughs> he says, it's a real arm, there's freckles on it. Like, okay, that solves it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's saying, uh, just like Cincinnati. And then they bring that up about the shoebox in the, in the closet. <laughs> and then, uh, what was it? Jacob just asked, is it a fetus? <laughs> <laughs> 
and he doesn't even answer that, so he could be. No, we don't know. We don't know. Should have bought it out in the second one. Yeah. If I wanted to kill myself, I'd fucking kill myself. I'd be awesome at it. A shotgun to the dick. Mm-hmm. The taxidermist is stuffing my mother. That, honestly, <laughs> vintage Clark Duke. <laughs> I also like where he says, lay down, we've got a stupid fucking baby to make. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, with Nick, where he stares down the camera and says, it must be some kind of hot tub time machine. But... <laughs> That was not planned. That was just him joking around with the film crew and they kept it in. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Nice. Every young man's fantasy is to have a freeway. You're not another fucking guy. It's, a, it's still a freeway. <laughs> Come on now. It is true. Um, the butterfly effect can suck my nuts. <laughs> so much semen. So many little Jacobs. <laughs> Lou, when he realises that he loves the 80s, he, I'm good here, man. I, I had a good day. Beat the shit out of that guy, finally. Fucked your sister. <laughs> Nick, when he's explaining that he says uh, about his wife, and he's, you're married, no, not yet, she's nine. <laughs> she's not phones. disgusted enough to run away, she just goes to the other end of the bath. When, she, when he phones her, he's like, no, you cheating on <laughs> That's... Honestly, in terms of best scenes, that could be... Oh, just kills me. And the dad comes in. When he hears uh, that he's got the double-barreled name. It's progressive, <laughs> a lot of dudes are doing it. And then he says to the guy, and he's like, would you do it? And he's like, look. And he has, what is it? And he has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking 80s, guys. Let's do what we want to do for free, love. That's the 60s dipshit. We have raids and raids. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here, okay? <laughs> you can do this. You can get us the fuck out of here. You can be the hero. Enrique fucking Iglesias. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> it's a great song. A hero or escape? Hero. But in fairness, that's actually what Lee says. He says, I fucking love that song. But I do love hero. It is a banger. I think I prefer escape. You can... No, I'm not going to do it. But maybe later. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. There you go. It was a banger, to be fair. At the start, why don't you do something at the house this weekend? So, something of course, reality, get a job, go to college. All sorts of overrated. It's when you were in jail when... last week. I'm a prisoner. It's called doing a hard time. <laughs> in life, you make choices, you have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> it fucking kills me every time. <laughs> I don't know why I love that scene so much. That's the idea of him just sat there for a week. I'm in jail. (laughs) Going nowhere. I do just like the fact that he's just like, you're 20, you've made a fucking hard choice in your life. And now, (laughs) when I first watched the film, I didn't really get that. Now I've got a brother who's like close to 20. And if he said the same thing, if he said anything like that to me about hard choices, I would say the exact same thing to him. (laughs) I've I've become Adam. I'm just old and jaded. (laughs) <laughs> he's so unaware of what's going on he doesn't realise that Adam West left is <laughs> no, that, that what the move from Ram <laughs> that no that no where she says I know the TV was yours but I took it took it anyway fuck you <laughs> that's ruthless this is scientifically impossible oh my god okay Professor Hawking tell me in your robot voice that this is scientifically possible <laughs> alright I write Stargate fan fiction so I think I know what I'm talking about <laughs> My father said, Adam, you did this. I don't think he did. He's like, yes, he did. He said it with his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
I didn't fuck that girl, okay, because I'm committed to not changing the past. Right, I had nothing to do with her, not, with her wanting to be a Chinese finger trap, and I'm not saying that because she was Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one I had down was, uh, we're best friends if you're staying, I'm staying, your bullshit is my bullshit, right? It's, I'm your best friend? You're one of my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I fucking love Lou. He's the he's the man. Uh, but when he when he finds out he's his kid and he's like, he says I love you, Jake, and Jake says fucking, he says oh little scum. They say the damn they say the darndest things, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On to the other. Do you have any more quotes for we carry on? Um, the bit about suppository. The only one is about the suppositories where he's talking about the not the written like the other. He's like. It's not a suppository, so it doesn't matter. We just crush it up into warm, warm paper towels and shove it up our ass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think we'll, we'll end it on that one if you like. Sure. Um, sorry about that. Um, so, best moment slash scene, what would you say? I, I do like. Craig Robinson calling his wife when she's nine years old. That does just break me. What would yours be, boy? I'm interested. Probably in the car on the way to uh, wow. the ski resort at the start. What, to, to fucking cave house? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, to be fair, it would probably be him singing Home Sweet Home, but as, as small a scene as it is. <laughs> no, it does break. I, see, I think the whole... I don't know how big you define the scene because the bit in the hospital where they are just slating him and they tell him they're going, I think I think it's great. Yeah. Um, like I say, I like the bit where he loses the bet um, and then he ends up possibly having to suck off Craig Robinson. That always makes me laugh. Um, Craig Robinson coming out and they haven't invented uh, Let's Get It. Just be like, yeah, this is just a, we've got a, we've got a <laughs> new song for you and it's just being Let's Get It Started. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward. We've got two good soundtracks, actually. Mm. Yeah, we do. Um, favorite scene? I actually don't know. I'll give it to the hospital, just sort of by default. Um, best side character? Busy Kaplan. Okay. All about the was repairman. That, was, yeah, was that for a character or was because it's Lizzie Kaplan? <laughs> I actually really like it. It's just a, it's a quick change of pace. It's nice to see him get some reprieve because <laughs> He's fucking miserable in, in his present life. So. <laughs> yeah, he it's needs nice it. He, he does need it. He needs it as much as Lou needs it in that film. <laughs> um, Chevy Chase, I do like. I do really like Chevy Chase generally, but I just... I don't know why he just... And he does some, I know he's supposed to, but he's that good. He does just annoy me in this film. <laughs> yes, yeah, just say it. you got you rustling. No, you stop moaning. It's you. It absolutely is you. Yeah, I know what it is now. I was reading something on my phone. <laughs> like you're swinging through the leaves. Just stop moaning and do the podcast, will you? I'm trying. Christ, on a bicycle. <laughs> that would be something. Best side character for me... I'll go... Uh... The hotel guy, before he loses his arm. 
Okay. The little skits on like each time of him nearly losing his arm are, are <laughs> yeah. hilarious as well, in fairness. How he loses it makes me laugh as well, after all that. <laughs> him dragging all three of them up <laughs> off the roof. Just, he's so strong. <laughs> this is it, this is it. <laughs> Before we get on to the judging, if we go on to um, 21 and over then, so... This is Sean's pick. He's not going to be here to defend it, so there we go. The night before his, his big medical school interview, a promising student celebrates his 21st birthday with his two best friends. Critics' reviews. Straight to the 20, point. 21 and over is raucous, riotous, uproarious ridiculum that will at times have your sides hurting from laughing so hard. That's about as good as it gets. <laughs> A few laughs pepper the general idiocy and occasional, and occasional vileness. Occasionally funny, but more frequently excruciating and derivative, 21 and Over is aimed firmly at relative newcomers to the genre. Perhaps it should have been called 21 and Under. Okay. In all its binge-drinking, profanity-laced, vomit-soaked glory, the film's stupefying lack of self-awareness ends up being its biggest enemy. Huh. 21 and over is lifeless, forgettable and bland. It's the type of film you can walk in on halfway through and not only figure out what's happening in 30 seconds but become bored 30 seconds later. It's as close to fast food as cinema gets. <laughs> it's all very crude and crass yet the trio remain essentially likeable notwithstanding their riotous behaviour. An enjoyable third act can't save this uneven comedy, which strives to be more serious than it should. <clears throat> Boozed up students might enjoy it, but it's just going to make anyone over the age of 21 feel really old. And finally, in the 21st century, the only intelligent people who could be pardoned for questioning evolution are those watching films such as 21 and over. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I did say they weren't kind. No, that's rough. I still think the review that's caught me is off guard the most is the one saying about having one more laugh, one less laugh than Shinder's List. I can't think what film it was. Yeah, that was brutal, wasn't it? Whatever Bridesmaids was up against. That was game night. Not too sure. And the one saying that Knocked Up had to be that long to explain why... uh, Catherine Highwell didn't just get an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't much trivia for this one either. So, um, Justin Chan was actually 32 years old, even though his character was 21. When this what was the hell? So there you go. 32 years old, Jeff Chan. That's a baby face if you ever seen one. I was going to say, that's incredible. <laughs> and... When Jeff eats the tampon, it's actually a custom-made candy bar of marshmallow. Who said this acting game was hard? You have to be a bit of a sicko to make that, I feel like. (laughs) I feel like it's not (laughs) going to take to the shelves. (laughs) In terms of rewatchability, this is pretty much the same runtime, I think, at about 90 minutes long. So how did you two feel about it? TK, this was your first time watching it, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. I enjoyed it. I think not as rewatchable as Hot Tub Time Machine, but I think of a similar ilk in terms of, as I guess as the reviews have pointed out, you don't have to think too much. <laughs> um, and it is what it is. So, what the hell are you doing? What is going on? <laughs> what? I've never heard such noise. <laughs> no, I've literally not moved the muscle in five minutes. It's like you're actually... sat on like a leather sofa and you're stuck doing squeaking. <laughs> I actually don't know what you're talking about. I genuinely haven't moved in five minutes. I'm actually scared to you now. PK, you heard that as well, didn't I you? I heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. insane. Oh, sorry. I literally, I haven't moved. Look, Sean comes out with that as well and so does Harper. So... You might not be moving, but... You can understand why I could maybe doubt you saying that. Well, nothing, nothing will be Harper's one. No, <laughs> I genuinely haven't moved in about five minutes since you told me since you told me off the last time from like a school and child uh, school. <laughs> Scared well, How rewatchable do you think the film is, Keenan? Um, it was okay. I would, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have rushed. I, I liked it when I watched it the first time. I don't think I would have rushed back to watch it if it not for the pod. And I still, I won't rush back to watch it again. Like Hot Tub Time Machine, I'm, I'm not being funny. If I was stuck for something to watch in two weeks' time, I could probably watch Hot Tub Time Machine and be like, yeah. this is great yeah. all over. I don't, there's just, I don't know what it is. I don't, I actually can't put my finger on it. Why? I just wouldn't rush back to it. Sean skimped out on his pick. No, <laughs> it's not. A, I mean, it's, it's not a bad pick. It was a wild card, it was a wild card goal. Yep. It, it, it probably is actually probably the very de- definition of a wild card. It's just a, very, a random pick. Well, he could have defended it if he bothered to turn up here. <laughs> if we go on to the quotes, I don't have so many down for this one. Um, oh my God, did we just kill Jeff Chang? Is probably the most uh, common one there. Um, I think the car journey when they're in the taxi and they're having the conversation <laughs> about sisters which culminates yeah. in, I'll bet you five bucks I'll fuck your sister before you fuck my sister. Dude, how's your family? And your sister? How's your my sister My sister, doing? why are you... What? No reason, I'm just checking in. You don't have to check in, she's my sister. She's 16 years old now. Okay, yeah, she's 16, but in real life, she's like, she's 18. No, in real life, she's 16. That's the whole thing. And her Facebook photos are fucking awesome. Is it Cancun? Where does she... You know, there's always this moment right before I see you where I'm like, I seen Miller in so long, it's ridiculous. Like we should keep in better touch. And then I see you and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Because he's a fucking idiot. I'm just kidding, man. Come on. What if I what if I said that about your sister? What if I was like, I want to fuck Danielle? What would you say? Dude, honestly, I would love for you to fuck my sister. Really? Yeah. Why? It would seriously be an honor to my entire family if you fucked my sister. What? <laughs> I bet you five bucks that I fuck your sister before you fuck my sister. I bet you five bucks that I fuck my sister before you fuck my sister. I'll give you five bucks if you fuck your sister. <laughs> okay, can we cool it with the sister fucking? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, I do, do, do like, it isn't, there aren't that many quotes that I've got written down and normally I'd take down loads because just random little shit, little things will just make me laugh. Um, when they're, when they're in the, when they're in the female disorority and they're about to neck and he just says, I just wish you were wearing more than the tube sock, tube sock, <laughs> but fuck, fuck it, baby. And he just says, Really, she didn't call me baby. <laughs> yeah, she's cute, but she's not my type. What's your type? Girls that want to have sex with me. You can't get more honest than that. <laughs> Miles Teller's character in this is really just 
<laughs> a walking stereotype. People say, don't ask about my sister, she's 16. He said, yeah, but in the real world, she's really like 18. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that one. That, was, that is a genuine, that's, that's out, straight out of the loop, Byron Humber. <laughs> I think you meant Sean Shoot. <laughs> I don't know Shoot well enough to make these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> to make such accusations. Correct. The side men behind Randy are quality. <laughs> that's, that's my laptop. Get a desktop, bitch. <laughs> Just randomly shouting, you tell him, Randy. This isn't about my truck. Oh, 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 that lamp will never work again, Randy. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What is this about? This is about your phone? Right, okay, yeah, okay. We're sorry, Randy, that we stole your truck and your cell phone. This ain't about my phone, neither. Wait, okay, whoa, so whoa, 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 That's my fucking boombox, man. What is it about now? Is it about Nicole? Oh my god, dude, you didn't even close with Nicole. Yeah, but I was really close, right? No, there's no such thing as almost fucking his girlfriend. You either fucked his girlfriend or you didn't fuck what his girlfriend. What are you girlfriend. talking about? You didn't fuck second. your girlfriend. No, 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 no. You didn't fuck I your girlfriend. That's scene. what I'm saying. Is this a joke? I you almost fucked. I almost did. Well, then you've almost fucked every girl that you know. Uh, this is not about my truck or my phone. Oh, my That's my laptop. Fuck your laptop. Get a desktop, bitch. You know what? This is definitely about the dart Jeez. in the face. Honestly, I completely forgot about the dart in your yeah, face. Yeah, he's had you a okay? really rough night, Shut up. too. Shut up! Come on, Randy! Do what I said! Fuck me in the ass, Randy! What? <laughs> Why is there a teddy bear glued to my penis? Um, aren't we a little too old to be doing the whole f- music festival thing? I don't know, Casey. We told to our fun times. I don't need to grow up. You need to grow down. <laughs> Jeff Chang, Jeff Chang's dad will honour kill him if we don't get him to that interview. <laughs> uh, well, he's trying to tell him about his 21st birthday and he says, uh, if you're in Africa, you've been sent out of the village and you wouldn't be allowed to come back until you'd killed a bear or something like that. <laughs> Jeff Chang, you need to sit down. No. Come on. Just take a seat, please. Jeff Chang, this isn't just any birthday. Okay, this is your 21st birthday. Here we go. This is the day that you become a man. In the United States of America, Bald Eagles and Budweiser, you go out and drink. If we're in Africa, you would have to leave the village and not come back till you killed a bear. None of that is true. There's no bears in Africa? No. Really? You have to read a book. Whatever, I'm taking you out whether you want to or not. Ah! I you this thing is stop! That's what I'm saying. Just one beer. One beer. That's yeah. all I wanted. We'll take That's care of you. That's it, man. That's Nothing's going to happen to you. You're my little baby tonight. Are we too, are we too, are we too old to... Excuse me, I can't get my words out. But they're talking about the music festival. He says, oh, I don't know. Are we too old to listen to 250 seminal bands of our time and make love to white women with dreadlocks? He says, <laughs> are we too old to get dressed up in fair and take ecstasy with strangers? <laughs> Just as much because, yeah, we are too old for all of that. <laughs> Which, for the record, for anyone listening, I'm not endorsing that you do ecstasy, but it's complete nonsense that they're 21 years old for that. Yeah, I don't know how old this guy thinks they are. Like, no, <laughs> He's talking about their 40 I know. This is the day you become a man. This is the day you get to tell every bouncer who's ever carded you. You know what? Sure, I get it. Yes, I look like a nine-year-old Chinese girl. Do we just circumcise Jeff Chai? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I've seen, I've taken shits bigger than that about Nicole's car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about her. I know she's meant to be kind of the uh, dreamboat of the film, but I'm really bought into it. The voice. I don't know what it is. I've when. When they make the joke about all the places that Miles Teller's had a tug in, and she says, I can't get to sleep without flicking the bean, it sounds so unnatural. It yeah. It me out every time. I think it's how, like, she's, how, 
well, essentially she's awful really and so she she's with that randy who's an awful bloke she sticks up for him being an awful bloke and only dumps him when he ends up in hospital <laughs> she's pretty awful and she knows she's got casey lined up does kick him does kick poor randy when he's down i know he's an yeah. asshole but she spends half the film saying how great he is and then just yeah, exactly. stacks him off when he when he needs it he got mauled by a fucking buffalo and some arsehole stole his fur. <laughs> so good. What a Saturday night, really. <laughs> well, he went on to be massive after this film, didn't he? Um, the guy who plays Casey. He has Pitch Perfect come out in the same year, which I, I'm not saying 21 and over is what pushed him into part of the... Natural transition. Everyone's eyes, yeah, but obviously Pitch Perfect 2 came out, but he's got like millions of followers on Instagram. He did that crazy ex-girlfriend TV series. He was in Wreck-It Ralph and all sorts. So he he makes a fortune now compared to, I'm sure he probably didn't get paid a huge amount for 21 and over. You're taking him over Miles Teller, are you? No, but Miles Teller was kind sure, of the story's half a thing Miles Teller, though. before there. Miles yeah, Teller. You're right. So this was 2013, wasn't it, I said? So... Yeah, so Miles Teller releases Whiplash the year after, which is what really pushes people to take him seriously as an actor rather than just being Miles Teller. Mm. Because Miles Teller's character here, I mean, if, when we talk about originality, is they cast one character who's meant to be like a likeable asshole in every like, teen comedy. Correct. And yeah. he's essentially got like every stereotype. Yeah, to he that. is a walking stereotype, isn't he? Your your asshole dad isn't here anymore. Just as he walks in, and then him <laughs> calling them dickwads. Just <laughs> he says, "You you owe me for the fence." He's like, "Yeah, that was about <laughs> the eighth grade." <laughs> well, his his dad is in Lost. Apparently, they just asked him to entirely base his character off the character who plays in Lost because the director was a fan. Oh, okay, I've oh, never seen enough. Lost. No, yeah, he was scumbag in Lost as well. If we go on to the categories, so... Not doing best moments? Yeah, that's one of the categories. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. Best quotes moment slash scene. I'm, I'm about to ask. Yeah. Unless there's more quotes people had. I'll, best moment was my next question. No, no. Let's go. I think I only had to take my cat on walks. She has fat legs. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you have for the best moment slash scene, Keenan? I actually have the ending with Jeff Chang's dad. Wait, <laughs> he just quickly t- he turns it up. It turns out he's about that life. And then Miles Teller punching him as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite end of that because mine is from the taxi to going into his house and saying just one drink, which is then where the night kicks off. Yeah, nice. TK? I was, I was amused at just the idea of these people going from each bar. Like one of them, he's pissing off the bar. Mm-hmm. And yet he still gets let into the next one. Well, these bouncers don't have a word of each other down this street. They just carry on. They ain't got the walkie-talkies like they have. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. was told I couldn't go in for having a piss on some grass and they phoned ahead. I had to take my glasses <laughs> off to get in. Uh, yeah, I, I think random moves like that was like a... Like throwing a dart through uh, Randy's face and then having the bar still thrown at him. Mm. Random things like that. I, I do think maybe that taxi journey and then the start of it maybe sets the stall out for the film. So I, I'd probably go with that. Something I was thinking yesterday, and I don't know if this is uh, off-key, is aside from 
the Latinas kidnapping them. Their night isn't that crazy in comparison to other kind of wild night comedies. No. Like, they're essentially him not having to just drink Jeff Chang. Carrying Jeff Chang for half a film. Like, in terms of the kind of film that it is, where it does centre around how mental the night is, it's not quite as mental as... That's probably what limits it, though, isn't it? That's probably why it isn't as fondly remembered, is that it's of it's a movie of this ilk, which is always going to be enjoyable, but maybe... I don't know, it's missing some key ingredients to kind of send it through the ceiling, isn't it? Whether that be right. a certain character or a side character or a moment in the film to really kind of catapult it. The one review says um, about how it takes it tries to be a bit too serious. And essentially, there isn't too much to explain because Jeff Chang has a gun and then he explains that he fires it and nearly commits suicide just because of how tired he is. Like, there's no real further explanation than... It's not that deep, that, is it? <laughs> so it's like, why did you have the gun in the first place? And then secondly, maybe when you're really overtired, you don't pick up the gun and start playing with it. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like I dislike the film. I do really like the film, just... Yeah, I, I, but I do actually... I, I hadn't... You say it was just off-key. I actually hadn't really... I was just watching the film... To, to watch the film for the pod this time, I didn't really give it any thoughts or comparisons. I was just taking well, it as a, as a standalone thing. But I do think, actually, now that you've put the idea in my head, you are completely right. Maybe it's one of the things where I don't think it's that rewatch. But there's no... I do like the end scene, but I mean, I've got to wait all the way to, to get there. But there's no, nothing, like, huge in the middle. For my... Um, it's, I rewatched it recently, and then Sean Pixies his wildcard. So I did rewatch it again, but it kind of meant that Nothing was that fresh for me, so I was kind of seeing things that I'd seen only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've, I think they could have made more of a thing of the Tower of Power thing because the beer pong scene's good where he makes the um, Ivan Drago reference this for Apollo Creed. Yeah. But then for that as a scene, you have a bit of tension there for whether they're going to win or not, and the rest they kind of cruise just straight through to the big fat bloke at the top with the beads around his neck. I do quite enjoy the bit where he's like, yeah, look, if you've got a plan of party of $80, you go, next time I get some fucking iPads or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> I'll pay for beads. There you go. If we, so best side of the character, who would you go for, Keenan? Uh, Jeff Chang's dad. Maybe Randy, but I'll give it Jeff Chang's dad. TK? Yeah, I I think Jeff Chang's dad steals it with the end, which was one of the best scenes. Uh, Randy is a very good asshole, but an asshole nonetheless. That is kind of just what he is. What about the chief? I mean, I guess actually, when you break it down with Randy, he has every reason to be an asshole too. I mean, the first (laughs) time they meet him, they do throw a dart at him. They throw a dart at his face. One of them is trying to steal his bird. As they point out in there, they've obviously stolen... His car is phone. <laughs> so he has every reason to be the asshole, but still, you still hate him. Hey, look, if someone tells you it's an accident when they uh, pierce your face with a dart, you've just got to say, okay, fair enough. I mean, he has remarkable powers of recovery, really. A mm. dart through the face would be a real problem for a lot of people. <laughs> Do you, I know you've watched it recently, Keenan. Do you clock that um, Randy is in Entourage? No. He's Jake Steinberg. 
Does it in the guy who replaces Lloyd? Yeah. Oh, shit. No, I did not notice that in the slightest. There you go. Thank you. Well, I kind of noticed these things more. When me and Sean used to go to the cinema all the time, we would start and we'd play this game where you would point out someone that you'd seen in another film. Yeah. And so for the duration of the film, we'd be saying such and such, and you'd just be saying the film. Yeah. But it just got so ridiculous that it actually stopped the films being fun anymore. <laughs> so I was going to say, say we I think were, I might go out of my mind. Like, I think, like, for an example, this is this specific one, watching Ted 2, Mark Wahlberg pops up and Sean would say, Ted 1. <laughs> for Mark Wahlberg. And it's it a hanging fruit. Really, originally, it was for kind of the side, real side actors. Slightly more don't obscure. Know their, you don't know their names. Yeah. So say, I recognize him. Well, I'll sit him for him. You'll go from there, so. We've always got to take it too far, haven't we? Yeah. Let us enjoy ourselves. If we go on to the categories, so Keenan, you are defunct for this uh, period, but we'll see how we go here. So do I get to chime in? Do do I get to chime in or do you want me just to be muted? No, no, you can chime in, but I mean, your pick doesn't count. My opinion doesn't count for it. Yeah. That's like that's being everyday life then, don't worry. (laughs) TK, which did you prefer? I did prefer Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, I think, as you said, I, I did enjoy 21 and over as well, especially as it was the first time I've seen it. Um, I did really enjoy it, but it was a, it's a tough matchup for it against Hot Tub Time Machine. That's a tough Titan to take down. I, I, we I say do it every think, week. Yeah. <laughs> Stars made fights. 21 and over was better when we were young because I remember we watched this at the cinema and then went for an impromptu night out after because we were quite pumped up from <laughs> the film. So it obviously did the trick then, and I think we kind of wanted to follow on because we wished we'd done that after Project X, so this was the closest night out film at the time. Yeah. I guess this is... Sorry, I guess that's the problem with 21 Over. One of the more logical comparisons is something like Project X, where even watching it now, I get that sort of pumped up stuff, and you think this is incredible in a way that I think 21 Over is very good, just doesn't hit those sort of heights. Yeah, I, I prefer Hot Tub Time Machine as well. I I think I was chatting to Keenan a while back on the PlayStation when we kind of mentioned it, and I said, "Oh, I've watched that actually." And then I surprised myself like how much I liked it. It's one of them. Like, I can't believe I've not watched this again in so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. Um, which one are you picking for rewatchability, TK? Yeah, same again. I think we've kind of alluded to it. Yeah. I mean, in so if it did get into the bracket. It'd be one of the most rewatchable ones, I would have thought. I'm not saying it's the best film that we've seen, but in terms of rewatchability, off the top of my head, I can't be too many ahead of it. Keenan did campaign to it at the time. I did. I want, Sean, to, tell, I want to tell Steve Pink that as well. Sean Oberly campaigned <laughs> first, meet the parents, and then have the chance to do it for his wild card, and wasn't that passionate about it. Probably saved us <laughs> about an hour, to be fair, because it's quite long from memory. Hmm. Most quotable TK. I think Hot Tub Time Machine is the most quotable. I think you could probably quote three quarters of the film in fairness. <laughs> um, not that Tony Over wasn't. I thought again, it's it's not what as many of the sort of one eyes that that sort of film needs. Yeah, I I I agree. What is the best quote for you? I think um, the it's like Gary Coleman's forearm. It's so black, it's impo- so impossible to be black. I think 
<laughs> that is, uh, it's very close to the mar, but it's hilarious. I think mine would be similar, to be honest. I'm just checking as left one glossing over there. It would be that, or you've had a lot of boyfriends, but I think it's as much the execution <laughs> of that as it is uh, the actual quote itself. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Authorities coming for Keenan by the sound of it. <laughs> How can you pick that up? I can barely hear that. I, I, I wonder if that was might be here. It's, it sounded so close. <laughs> You're not actually, no, That's not true. Genuinely, I wondered if it was a siren because it didn't sound. <laughs> I, I, I know my hearing's not great, but, but that sounds. I can just about make it out. Just have I gone to delete your search history? <laughs> Please don't say that in the public Because <laughs> not only is it not true, but... <laughs> oh, God. You can get him for libel for that. Oh, mate, honestly, the way he's treating me this week, I told you. You don't want it. Best, best moment slash scene for you, TK? Uh, I think it's good for me. It's between the whole scene of them establishing that they've gone back in time in Hot Tub Time Machine. Between that or, as I said, when Craig Robertson calls his wife, she's only nine. <laughs> it's, that's just hilarious. <laughs> it's almost a battle of the car journey to me, because I said my favourite scene was the car journey yeah. there for 21 and over and for Hot Tub Time Machine. And I think I'll actually go for 21 and over in this one, because one, the scene's longer, because I'd say it kind of extends into the just one drink, then turning up at his house. Hmm. And it probably did make me laugh. There's one kind of standout quote in the hot tub time machine scene there that makes me laugh more than the rest. And then uh, the whole thing of the 21 nerve one makes me laugh. But him having to uh, suck off Craig Robinson has been hard done <laughs> by there, if that's if that can be said. <laughs> um, best side character, TK. Tricky, I think. Jeff Chang's dad might give me the most laughs. I think there's some better characters in Hot Tub Time Machine, like the repairman, the one-armed guy, Lizzie Kaplan. But I think for laughs, I think Jeff Chang's dad might actually nick it. It's mainly centered obviously around gets, the main cast of Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He gets a bit more uh, action there. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, but I think it's 29 over. That kind of that kind of film is that. They pepper these side characters in, they almost yeah. them out before you know it for some of them, but they at least do chuck those in, so I would agree with Um Bigger impact. I went with Hot Tub Time Machine. I didn't know what, what the numbers said on this. Oh, um, let's check, actually. Do you know for Hot like Tub Time Machine bigger. 2, they actually gave them half the budget that they had for the first one? Jeez. No, John Cusack. No star power. Yep. No disrespect to Rob Cordrickson, my boy, and Craig Robinson. And Clark Duke, actually. I love all four of you. But John Cusack's the, the big name. He's the A-side of that card. It certainly is. Whilst Byron finds the number, I will just say, bigger impact, I'd probably say Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, it fe- it Hot- feels like, in my memory, it was bigger, but I don't know, you know, whether I'm misremembering Hot- that. Hot Tub Time Machine had a 36 million budget and made 64 million worldwide. 21 and over had a 13 million budget and made 48 million worldwide. Ooh. Jesus, they made some money on that. 
I would still go for Hot Tub Time Machine. I think for me, when I go for the impact, it's the first one is the kind of the significance of entering the conversation of things like whether it exists among the best of the genre or whether it's one that stands out when we mentioned to people who are doing this. And for the rest of it, I'd kind of go for, if I was if I was to say to someone, have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Have you seen 21 and over? Which one more people are going to have seen? And so Hot Tub Time Machine, I do think, has made more of an impact in travelling further. I always look at, I, I see, I always base it on like that, about how many people have I spoken to about it. I know it's a weird way to do it because it's a very small sample size, but I spend a considerable amount of time talking shite, both in general, but also about <laughs> films. But also about films. So if, I, if I've if i referenced it and I know I've had conversations with a fair few people about both of the films, because I quite often, I quite often do it, like I, if, if we're for the pod and stuff, as I mention it when I speak to people, and I always think about it like, like that as well. This may sound a little odd, but I kind of attribute it to almost like a, you know, if someone who doesn't watch like boxing speaks to you about a boxing match, you know that's massive. Yeah. yeah. If someone who doesn't tend to speak a lot about films talks about it, I always think, okay, that must be a huge film. Yes, yeah. sir. We've covered this one slightly, um, and that's uh, originality. So a uh, hot tub time machine would be my <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I mean, hot tub time machine in and of itself is obviously incredibly original, but 21 and over <laughs> is a, a very much a tried and tested formula. Who is the MVP across both films? I think Lou. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think he has, I think he has to be. The Violator. <laughs> the Violator. As much as he is obviously the, the stock, sort of, as we've spoken about, sort of asshole character that's supposed to get... Maybe the line share of Lars isn't wrong because they do share him around in that film, but the main comment relief, he is also kind of the driving force behind it as well. In a way, obviously, he's the reason they go away, etc., etc. Also, the fact that you can then go on to make a sequel with the character being there and not have John Cusack not being around yeah. probably shows the strength of the character because, with all respect, it, it's not they're not making the second one because they've got Bob Corddry, they're making it because they've got the character of Lou there. Correct. Mm. Mm. Best soundtrack. This is the tough we like we said, they both do have a good one. I, I think they both have a good one, but for me, I do think Hot Tub Time Machine is the is the clear winner. Is that just because of Home Sweet Home? No, there's a lot in there. Oh, I know there is. It's fantastic. Safety Dance is in there. Um, Public Enemy, you've got Talking Head to David Bowie. Push yeah. It, Salt and Pepper, which is a great song. Ooh. Lots of Spandau Ballet for TK. Yeah. <laughs> That's some black eyed peas. Yeah, I do get punched and let's get it started, get going. No base keys, mm-hmm. But all the let's get retarded though. Harold and Kumar didn't, they kept it original. So there's so much in there in this one. Yeah, I wanna know I what love is, foreigner. There you go. I just died in your arms. Oh, fucking hell, mm-hmm. they did that. There's classic after classic in this. Yeah, it, it's got to win. That's probably yeah, why that budget was... That's why that budget was 36 mil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spunked it all Hero, these hits. Enrique Iglesias, as we've yeah. said. I actually forgot, even though we've spoken about it no more than 40 minutes ago, I actually forgot yeah. Hero was part of the soundtrack. I mean, yeah, for 21 and over, for, to be fair, for what I said about the soundtrack, it's more ones where 
I recognise the song more than knowing what the particular song is. Uh, they have a couple in now. I'm pretty sure the Naked and Famous have got a track in it. And it's a guy. It's one that I quite like. Um, which no, Young Blood. Anything. That's it. Thank you. I couldn't think of what it was called, but I do like that song. It's in quite a few yeah. films, actually. Yeah, that's I know like songs where I've gone. I've heard that in a song before. If I'm poor kind of thing, rather than I could pick that out and type it in Spotify now. Yeah. What would you go for, TK? Yeah, I think Hot Time Machine's just got a lot of depth in terms of the sheer amount, so I have to lean towards that. Okay, um, which film has the better ending? Again, Hot Dog Time Machine, I think, is really good how they end it. Yeah. They could have, uh, they could have shut out on that, and they, I thought they nailed it. Do you think it helps the ending of 21 and over? It doesn't end at the festival, instead it ends with him seeing the chief again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, I think it's a decent ending. I don't think it compares. Yeah. And then chemistry, my pick would be Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not this bad in 21 over. I think it could be better. Well, it's supposed to almost be like awkward around each other, aren't they? So. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's part of it, but I, I know it's maybe a, a harsh comparison but say compared to like the, the way the chemistry works in the hangover for example yeah. they're not charming you as a group of friends no it doesn't quite work and again I can't really put my finger on why that is but uh, where it's hard to some machine it obviously just works like we say from the get go when uh, yeah. when Lou's laying into uh, Jacob <laughs> like, okay we've got this straight away so hot tub time machine is going through to the final of the uh, wild card, so I'll run that poll up until Saturday night, I imagine, and then run the poll then as to what makes it into the bracket ready for the new week. So it'll be a smaller sample size, but I'll get it as far as possible to get as many people voting as they can, and you two, I'm sure, can spread it too. So Hot Tub Time Machine has gone through. That was a 10-1 win with Oof, one draw. Brutal. So, yeah, decisive. Rather than not all the ties like last week. Last week was difficult, though. Last week well, was hard. Would you say was me and TK maybe dealt with it more maturely than you and Sean? No, I just think I picked a great film. Sean didn't. You two picked <laughs> it. No, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I would say... Oh, sorry, I picked a great film. Sean picked a good film. But mine was overwhelmingly better, whereas me and Sean were actually essentially diametrically opposite for most of that. He likes Four Lions. I like South Park. That being a choice, I, 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 I haven't, I haven't given you two really a way that that you can pick twenty one and over. Would you say you've bullied Sean out of this one? No, I'm just you've making come in with a big. Hasn't shown up. You've come you in with a big Sean at a time. No, I'm him. I don't need, don't need that. He's just like you. But you're threatening you his Don't life. need it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, talking I, points. I, then, I agree so. with Keenan's analysis though. It was, uh, it was a good one for the fans last week, seeing that back and forth between those two votes. But this one was uh, no, was a tight coming in. I've given you a film that, as I said right at the start, should be in your 32. You mm. two have tried to bully me out, and then I suggested to Byron, why don't we have a wild card round? Not with Hot Tub Time Machine, not with Hot Tub Time Machine in mind, fully, because I had other picks. But I've committed. 
I was finding um, a way to shoo on my boy in there. <laughs> I'm actually not over yet. Sean saying big, bigger impact was four lions last week. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, nearly 200 million difference. And his explanation being, I mean, if we take out worldwide, which goes against the entire point of what has the bigger impact. Come on, though. You said you don't just go by numbers. No, but it would have been a robbery if he's... Byron is that type of football he... fan who just does numbers. Yeah. Not... Doesn't listen to stats until he's got a stat to back up his point. Preaching on the pod, I've been consistent there. Honestly, barely watching Hence the game that just goes Torreira by the numbers. being nicknamed the White Canto. <laughs> the numbers didn't say that. Mm. Whatever you say. Real star of the film. We said Lou for Hot Tub Time Machine. Miles Teller for 21 and over. Yep. Yeah, I think so. If you could recast one role, who would it be? I would actually like Clark Duke to be in 21 and over. Okay. Whose role? You're going to say who's going to be? I will. See, I actually know who I want to get rid of, but I can't because this is we've had this conversation before. Unfortunately, Clark Duke's just not pretty enough to do it. I'd like to get rid of the guy who plays Casey, but he can't do that. But I'd quite like him Skylar in maybe Aston. the Miles Teller role. Thank you. Sorry, I wasn't sure of his name. I could see Clark Duke doing the Miles Teller role. He does it. He does it. He, pretty, he, he does a, a bit of that in Sex Drive. Yeah, he does it in Sex Drive. He's phenomenal there. Yeah, I know. TK really didn't think he was good looking enough for Sex Drive. Oh, no. He uh, he grew on me on that second viewing. I uh, <laughs> I actually felt bad for what I'd said. Yeah. Uh, I feel less you, bad now he's hired us for an interview. Though, so. You you came <laughs> swinging for Clark Duke week one. I mean, <laughs> I maybe mean, the the point I was making is valid, but I did feel bad for making it. I feel maybe like somehow, maybe somehow, some way, he's heard that and he's listened to the pod, and then he's seen that we're after him. <laughs> no fucking chance. I, I do think, and I mean. I, I don't want to put the, the, the two of you down because look, beautiful on the inside, but it is one of them. Like, when you see um, like a fat person on Twitter talking about someone else's weight, so I mean, the three of us who aren't uh, Zach Efron talking about how good looking Clark Duke is or isn't, <laughs> no, exactly. probably would get us caned in <laughs> some point. Yeah, but I think, if anything, I actually think that gives us more license to because we were really good looking <laughs> people saying this, it'd be really shallow and out of order. Yeah, we are to look. I know what I am. I'm just if anyone, you, not. If anyone listening, by the way, just isn't sure what we look like, head over to the YouTube channel and you can have it. You can quickly <laughs> check us out and you'll see what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then if Clark was to hear that, he would be, like, again, in, in Peepshire where Gerard tries lining himself a mark and he said, you, we're not on the same level. I'm significantly above your level. That's <laughs> that. that probably what he'd be thinking. Yeah. I think Hot Tub Time Machine, you probably do recast uh, John Cusack's role, don't you? Jesus. Hush your tongue. Well, who else do you, re- you re- recast? You, Craig who, Robinson, Clark Duke, or Rob Caldry? Who do you recast them with? Before, actually, sorry, I take I take that back. Before I before I pass my judgment, who do you recast them with? Well, I'm thinking I don't like the answers that are coming in my own heads. Come on. You've said it now. Jim Levenstein was my first thought. Jason Biggs. Yeah. B.A. Get out. <laughs> well, you didn't give me... I just said that would be the role. I didn't say I had who was going to replace him. Well, don't, if you don't know, don't say it. This is a multiple choice. You can't just pick A, B, C or D. You've got to come with an answer. 
let's have TK's pick and uh, we'll come back to me. Because George Clooney's just going in my head, so... <laughs> Blimey! <laughs> Some things are going all over the shop. I don't know. Maybe you can have a down-on-his-look Sander jumping in there. I mean, this is around about the time we made Jack and Jill, so we might have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of actors who play good divorce guys. <laughs> Half of Hollywood because they've got the experience. <laughs> Byron is really struggling for a name. I can see, it's because I can see in my head who I mean. I can't think of a bloke's name. Describe him and see if we can help you get there. No, because if I just say the film, then it's it's not really describing him. It's just telling you the film he's in. Yeah, and then I can tell. Yeah, that's fine. And then we'll see if we know his name. What's the film he's in? So I've got the name now. Okay. Joel Edgerton. Nope. <laughs> did well, you it's pick him that? On, it's him on Nolte. Um, no, um, Warrior. Warrior. Sorry, that's the one with of, Tom Hardy. They're um, dark thirty in my head. Joel Edgerton, he's in Black Mass as well, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Maybe Plays we have Bin Laden play uh, him. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a recast or a move on, because this is going down now. <laughs> <laughs> if the cast swapped, which film works best? I think you can get the get hot tub time boys in there. Time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you probably could, but although we have significantly different 21 and over when most of them are over 40. Hey, look, it turns out Jeff Chang and Lou were probably a similar sort of age. He's just, <laughs> he's just aged his time. Um, finally, if you add Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, for the record, just the movie improved. Just so I'm really glad Byron clarified he was 32 at the time of the film before TK said that. Because <laughs> it took me a second to work out where he was going with his timeless aging thing. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Don't worry, I got back in the end. I got, I got back there. Thinking of ageless, Lizzie Kaplan is literally deflected from one being the younger version of herself to the older version. It's mm-hmm. superb. She has no qualms about she, it. She gets away as well with essentially playing what seems to be herself in every single role. And it just works because that is the role that's being looked for. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's typecast as herself, as some as some people really are, and she's. I think she's meant. You've cracked it when she do that. You've absolutely cracked it. <laughs> um, I think that just about does us. Uh, I oh, sorry, I interrupted you before, unless I missed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> if uh, Vince Vaughn, knowing Wilson, were added, does the movie improve? Yes. Hot Tub Time Machine does. Normally, I try and give an answer as to where, but I will be honest, I don't care if they just make a 45-second cameo and have a conversation with the four of them as themselves. Just put them I in want any- them skiing. Yeah, I'd put them in anywhere, and it would be... I'd be like, yeah, as long as Vince gets... I feel I've got Vince in there being the one who he has a bet against, I reckon. Yeah, nice, nice. I reckon that's... If he'd have a broad on his... On his own. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind. Owen Wilson do. can be the drummer in uh, Craig Robinson's band. <laughs> <laughs> um, and twenty-one and over. 
Probably not, because I don't oh, know. Owen Wilson's the chief. Yeah, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. I don't know where Vince Vaughn goes. Vince Vaughn's Jeff Chang's dad. Doctor <laughs> dad. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I don't know if it works, but I'll take it. I mean, it would be great it watching Vince Vaughn throw them hands at Randy. <laughs> He would waste no time in doing either, Vince. He'd be straight in there. Well, Randy right, takes boy. that baseball shot very well. <laughs> he takes like a champ. <laughs> I mean, he's a tough guy. Kittlewood, yeah. My, was, my man in Kittlewood, Trice, he took one shot, one shot with that bat and he was done. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, Randy acts it. He shows he's got, he's got art. I will say, I don't think Miles Teller's got in to throw, throw hands at Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Vince deals with him. Yeah. It's a different ending. He ain't going back to see the chief. He wakes up, <laughs> he wakes up in hospital. <laughs> well, I said that, that does it for this week. So when we come in next week, it, it's the second round. So it, it's all systems go from there. Sheesh. So if things go to plan and we drop two episodes next week, then it would be Sex Drive against Superbad and American Pie against Project X. Lovely. And we'll talk about that off air. So, I mean, I thanks must again admit, for listening. Go on. Sorry, I must admit, if that's, that, this second round is just full of absolute class matchups. Yeah. It looks like we've paired them up on purpose as well, but... I know it doesn't, but we actually haven't. It's just worked out <laughs> very fortuitously. So, thanks again for listening. We'll be back. Will Sean be back? Who knows? We'll be back. Stay tuned. Bye.